Hello and welcome. My name is Michael Yon and I am so excited to present to you the first of many interviews with author and presenter Roman Harambura. This interview is on Roman's latest book, The Dream Assassin, Volume 1. There's magic, there's action, there's good characters and suspense. It flows well and has lots of content. And to me, in a good way, it's very unique in its story and how it is written. So, welcome, Roman, to this interview on your latest book, The Dream Assassin, Volume 1. I have to ask you, why the Volume 1? Well, Michael, that's a that's a really interesting question because uh, I was only going to write one volume, in fact, one book called The Dream Assassin. And when I started, I realized um, three quarters of the way through, I had all these other stories that I was experiencing in my dream time. So I completed volume one and I started volume two and I'm about 50% of the way through. And it'll also be volume three. Oh, volume three as well. <laughs> yes. Oh, that'd be great. The fo- the follow on of the story. Oh, I'd look forward to that. That'd mm, be cool. So do, so do I. I, I, I. I love creating. It's great. My, uh, my next question is, did you create uh, your own front and back cover for the Dream Assassin? I did partly, but my wife, Michelle, actually found the front of the cover and we just added the headings and all that type of thing. But the back of it, yes, I actually created and she actually did the layout. It's cool. It's like a yin-yang of blue and yes. uh, yellow. Yes, the fire essence, that's what it's called. It's like, um, you know, they call it um, the, the, the soul, um, the connection of, of the divine of two coming together, and that's Michelle and me. So I thought the best thing when she found it is to have a picture of us together with that as the yin and yang, and I thought that was really good. That is really good, yeah. Wow. So I noticed you. Um, I noticed how you wrote your book. You actually added not just the storyline but the entire dialogue for all your characters. Why is that? Well, when I first started, I said to myself, how am I going to write this book? I could write it as a story, like most novels, or I could put a lot more description into it, which involves the reader, or I could write it as a film script. So when it actually goes to a publishing company, especially a traditional publishing company, they may look at it and say, this is film. Like it's film so, ready. That's right, film yeah. ready. And I call it book to film. And that's the reason why I put the dialogue all in bold. So when a person actually reads it, it also makes it easier if they want to miss some of the actual description or the storyline and they can just get more involved in the dialogue. It, it, it allows them to be a part of the characters. And uh, several people have actually told me that. Mm. They've written to me and said to me, wow, I actually got involved. It's like I was Frank Hartley or I was Mystical Man. It was just amazing. Mm. Sounds stupid, but it was amazing. So that's one of the reasons why I did it. At the same time, having it ready for film. And you notice there's a lot of um, italics and uh, where I've actually um, – put um, certain little comments on an angle. And the reason I did that is so when the person reads it, they'll see it again somewhere and it makes them think. One of the things about that book, it's not just a novel. It's actually a teaching book Mm. because Mystical Man presents a lot of knowledge and there's a lot of knowledge in Volume 1 
that most people will never ever get to understand or even read out of a novel. And that's why I did it. Cool. Yeah, yeah, I, I definitely saw that. Um, so reading through the book, uh, chapter by chapter, you wrote several different storylines. Was there a purpose in doing that? Absolutely. A lot of people have told me in the past, in fact, quite a lot of people, they get quite bored reading an entire book based on one story. Uh. And I thought about that for a while. And I said, well, this is a magical book. And the last thing you'll want to do is continue one story through the entire 750 pages. So I've cut it and I've made seven different chapters with seven different stories. So it makes it more intriguing for the person. They might read 105 pages, 150 pages on chapter one. And they say, oh, wow. Then they go to chapter two and it's a completely different circumstances, totally different type of story. It might be something more involved from saying uh, creating a magical show to something that's full of action where mystical man is fighting off all these drug lords sure yeah and it's it's something that happens in um it happens in movies and the cutting from is really it's good it can be it can help keep a person involved um absolutely yeah um you talk about you talk a lot about imagination throughout your book so can you explain how you created the dream assassin volume one for example where did you get the idea in the first place Well, Michael, a lot of people um, are going to find this a little hard to maybe fully comprehend or believe, or some may turn around and say, yes, I fully understand that. I was in the middle of writing my third book called The Long Journey Home Beyond Entrapment. About halfway through it, um, I was having these dream experiences when I went to bed, and they became really intense suddenly. I was dreaming every night, and it's like I went to sleep and dreamed the entire night until I woke up about this character that was called Mystical Man. But the strange part was I was Mystical Man creating these tremendous magical situations, making energy balls, walking through walls, running through walls, flying and saving people. And I said, why would I be dreaming this night after night? And this went on for several weeks. A morning I woke up and I said to my wife, darling, I'm going to stop writing The Long Journey Home. I'm going to create my first fiction book with full dialogue on a character named Mystical Man. And she asked me, who is he? I said, he's magical. (laughs) I said, I dreamt all about him and I was him. So that's where the idea came from. And it just grew. And you read the book. Yeah. my daughter's only saying to me the other day when she completed it, she said, my God, Dad, the magic is just unbelievable. <laughs> it, it, she said, I'm there. I'm feeling everything. And you're putting things into magic that most people would never see. Yeah, and you, and you had, had never in your wildest imaginations thought that you would write a fictional book. Absolutely not. That was my last thought. Yeah. And you know what's really interesting, Michael? Um, a long, long time ago, um, well, let me put it this way. You know that I came into this body in 1969, the 29th of August at 11.11 11 p.m. From that moment on, 
I became a teacher. I was teaching courses, only little ones, but all over the place. It changed everything in how I saw things. And that is the point that I started to use my imagination. Because the imagination as you know it is everything. And everything is imagination. It is our greatest gift. Every artist on this planet uses imagination. Every engineer, every building drawer that draws buildings, that draws houses, use their imagination. But no one fully understands the real meaning of the word. It's putting thought consciousness connected to your mind through your imagination and by truly believing that you can create anything. When you work in that energy, everything becomes possible when it comes to creativeness. There's no logic, none whatsoever, just pure creativeness. Mm -hmm. And that's where we should all be. We would create... Yeah, go on, sorry. We'd create a fantastic world. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you, you, I've heard this from you before, but for the listeners, I don't think they'd know, like, what's the, the opposite is logic. What's that like? Well, logic is an important part of humanity's growth. But there's a point in life where logic must become only 30% of our every moment and allow 70% to be imagination. When you put logic with imagination, you change your whole life, your whole thinking. Logic will keep you, if you use nothing but logic, logic will hold you back from growing as a spiritual being. You will never fully understand what thought consciousness is about. You will never fully understand what karma or reincarnation is all about. You'll never understand that there are multidimensional vibrations, there are spirit worlds, astral vibrations that exist all around us through logic because we cannot accept those things if we are fully logical. And the brain only holds past memory of experiences and it can only give us the past. It draws on the past to give us the answer. So thinking thinking is in the past as as well. Like if you think you're using your brain, that thinking is is an action of the past logic stuff as well. Absolutely. Wow. But But you know the most interesting thing, when we learn to become feeling beings no longer caught up in our emotions of negativity, we change everything because we put thought consciousness with our heart. And if we go through our heart throughout our life, we create balance. Without heart, there is no balance. Without love, there is nothing. Wow. This concludes part one of an interview with Roman Harambura on his book, The Dream Assassin, Volume 1. For more on Roman and his other books, visit etcconsciousness.com and for his latest book, visit thedreamassassin.com. My name is Michael Yon. Thanks for listening and stay tuned for more.